Hey, Sales of Nation, it's your host, Tyler Lindley here. Today, I have Dan Englander, the CEO and founder of Sales Schema on the podcast. Hey, Dan, how you doing today? Hey, Tyler. I'm well. Thank you for having me on. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks so much for joining. Like I mentioned, Dan, CEO and founder of Sales Schema, helping a lot of uh, agencies and growth scale businesses with their outbound um, strategy, which I know a lot of folks listening to this podcast, you know, revenue leaders of scale up organizations or owners, executives of smaller services based businesses are thinking a lot about this idea of growth. And you do it pretty intentionally with an outbound you know, lead gen type strategy. What are you seeing in the market right now? that's relevant and top of mind for leaders really looking to put their foot on the outbound pedal? Yeah, I think the, the bad news is that outbound's gotten harder. I and mean, I think maybe to some extent everything has. And that's just because everyone has flocked online over the last few years, like everybody knows, but especially over overnight, the knob got turned up to 11 to use the spinal tap parlance. With COVID and you know everybody being at trade shows, whining and dining that are like, overnight had this hair on fire moment where they said, oh crap, I got to figure out how to sell and get appointments and stuff um, on pretty much a traffic jam of a few different channels. So that's like LinkedIn, email and phone. So I think the, that's that the one thing that, that we're seeing, which for us, it's good because we're we focus on outbound and we're we're good at using it is that it's becoming more like one of these more mature channels maybe it's always been mature to some extent it's really just being able to contact people in the right way but it's becoming i think there's more similarities with an seo or with media marketing of some sort where it's the days of being able to just like churn out a list and then hit up those people and get get calls, I think is not like it used to be. I think it's getting harder. So to hopefully be helpful in some way. Where we've moved campaigns is more about thinking, where do our clients already have some degree of trust? Where on a person-to-person basis does somebody have, a, have an in, have a commonality with somebody that they're reaching out to? And then using that as the way in. Um, as opposed to the old model, which is something like, hey... Mr. Ms. CMO, like, look at my case studies, look at my proposals, and look at all my cool stuff. We're so positioned, we're positioned perfectly to your space. Let us pitch you. I'm not saying that never works. I'm not saying there's not a time and place for that. It's just that's gotten less consistent. So mm. that's kind of what we're seeing. Yeah, that makes sense. You talk about this kind of degree of trust. It sounds like going into your network or your team's network and trying to find those opportunities for ends. How would you get started? Do you think with something like that? If you're if you haven't really done that intentionally, if you just accidentally gotten referrals and word of mouth in the past, how would you? How can you be more intentional with that type of a strategy? Yeah, it's a great question. And I always uh, tend to flounder with super tactical stuff just because it's contextual, but I will I promise I'll give people something to chew on. So I think the first thing is like figuring out what not to do and what that tends to look like. I think that we see a lot of people doing when they're DIYing this is making one of these like really complex funnels where it's like, okay, we need to get this crazy CRM. And I'm not knocking HubSpot. I think the CRM has its place. But I think thinking in terms of software first, and and then from there, thinking about a bunch of different channels and a bunch of different places people need to be, I, I would say the the right way to think about it is starting with stuff that doesn't scale super well and then figuring out processes around it and scaling over time. So Mm. for example, instead of, and I think there's both more and less work involved in that way of thinking. So to make it more specific, instead of thinking about a completely automated funnel that you're going to send the CMOs of SaaS companies through, it might be more about you sitting down, looking at all the people on LinkedIn that are in the right spot that went to the same college you did, and then doing bespoke outreach 
to 50 of them and blocking off, you know, two hours a day to do that. I'm not saying that's a great thing to do. There may be things that are much better and more sophisticated, but thinking more along those lines of processes and creativity and thinking outside the box to be cliche, pattern interrupts, thinking more along the lines of process as opposed to automation. And then the automation is something you can ease into over time. But just, I think one more note on that is that ultimately if you're selling agency services or you're selling quote unquote big ticket services, the automation may not be completely worth it. There may be more to be gained by thinking more in terms of a process. For what we're doing, yeah, we have a lot of proprietary technology and and data and and ways of doing a process like I just described at scale. But even if people never hire us, I think that's a better way to think about it. Yep. Yep. That makes sense. Yeah. It's funny. You mentioned this software first mentality and people making things more complex than you need to. Why do you think that is? Why do you think people think tool first before the strategy? Like they're already worried about the brand of the hammer before they even know what nail needs to be hit or how do they swing a hammer? They're already worried about like, okay, do I, which brand do I buy? What store do I buy it from? How much does it cost? That kind of thing. Why do you think that mentality exists in today's world where we go tool first, strategy second? Yeah, I think it's, it's a great question. I think it's for the same reason that it's fun to go on Amazon and buy things. You get a <laughs> dopamine rush when you can buy a product. And Roy Sutherland is one of my favorite authors, uh, writes a lot about this. But I think that in the B2B world, we like to pretend we're so much more rational and, and so much smarter than consumers are, right? Or the, than we are when we're in, a, the, in our consumer shoes. But we're, we're not. We It's nice to be able to buy a product that claims it's going to solve all your problems. And then from there, I think that there's a, a lot of weird incentives biases that help happen in companies where it's like the classic, you never get fired for hiring IBM. Like you, you buy software because it's what you're supposed to. And you can, you can then in a big organization, make a case and say, Hey, I checked the box here. I bought the thing I'm supposed to buy. I'm doing the thing I'm supposed to do. I'm following the rules. It's just going back to that, the school-based mentality where it's like, I've studied for it and now I'm going to get the result. And that's just not really how things play out chaotic kind of entrepreneurial <laughs> business, uh, real world. So that's, I think that's the incentive. And again, I'm not saying that I'm above that or that our company's above. That. I think we, we all do it. It's nice to be able to buy the silver bullet or mm-hmm. to think you're buying the silver bullet. So totally right. get it. Yeah. It's funny you bring up like the school-based kind of industrial revolution mindset that I think a lot of everybody's looking for the overnight success or the shortcut or how can I solve this problem fast and just get it off my plate. Whereas the things that we're talking about, like developing a strategic outbound arm of your business is not easy. There are no silver bullets. There is There are no shortcuts. It takes hard work. And you mentioned one word earlier, creativity, that I think is sometimes lost in this discussion and that it's, no, we don't, we're not going to be creative. We're just going to do what everyone else is doing. We're going to go to the exact same channels and, oh, we used to go to trade shows. Now we're going to bring everything online and we're just going to, whatever our agency tells us to do, that's what we're going to do. Or whatever this blog post told me to do, that's what we'll do. Versus like you said, thinking out of the box and being creative. How do you feel like, can businesses build, like how can they be creative if they're building this outbound strategy? How can you teach people to be creative or can you instill that in your culture or, or do you think that's something that businesses need to work on learning how to do? 
Yeah, it's a great question. And I think that a lot of the creatives that I most look up to and a lot of people that have written a lot more about this stuff, you know, I'm reading a book, I'm looking on my shelf. There's a book by John Cleese that I'm reading about creativity and The War of Arts, another good one. And I, I think the the biggest through line that I see is constraints where it's not just about un, uncapped creativity. It's about figuring out what constraints you have in which to be creative. And I think that's what's really cool about Outbound. And, and like one thing that I love about it is it's really, there's really something like ancient and special about it where it's like really the right words to the right people. If you're talking about email, you're channeling the lost art of letter writing where you have you have an unlimited constraint in terms of length, but in terms of the medium, it's always the same. It's somebody that's getting the mess- this message in their inbox while they're probably working and doing a million other things. That's a completely different scenario than if somebody's browsing articles on LinkedIn, than if they're on Instagram at 6 p.m. looking at cat memes versus serving them an ad on Amazon, which is a new thing that's happening or whatever. So I think all these all these things matter, you know, factor into that. But to answer your question, I think in terms of getting creativity in, in the context of a team. Yeah, I don't think there's one way to do it. I think that it's more about, especially for agencies, it's more about letting your yourself go, like basically treating yourself like a client. Like I think it's the classic and it's such a meme now, but the cobbler children issue where I think a lot of the times agencies for their clients are willing to just be completely unbridled and do like really cool stuff. And sometimes it fails, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, but for themselves, there's this need to get a sequence of steps and a template for selling themselves. I think it's more about getting out of that mindset. And I think in terms of, yeah, and, and then a lot of it to make it more practical is about is figuring out who's doing what. I think that a lot of the times what we see is somebody's conscripted into a sales role when they're not incentivized to sell or it becomes like a downtime hobby. And that doesn't really work. And I think it's if you don't have a dedicated salesperson, then the owner is the, then you're the salesperson, yep. the executive is. Starting from that basis is a big part of it. And then from there, you're going to be incentivized to be creative. It's just about giving yourself that breathing room and and in being able to ship on that creativity by actually contacting people instead yep. of just floundering on strategy docs or case studies or something. <laughs> right. Exactly. You bring up a good point about owners and, exi- you know, founders being the de facto salesperson. A lot of the folks listening to this show might be transitioning away from that model where that's worked up to this point And we've just, we've brute force strength, figured this out and gotten into this scale, but now I need to bring in some help. What are you seeing as some best practices specifically as it relates to instilling this outbound strategy and doing a lot of lead gen? Like how do owners and founders fit into that model if they start to bring in new people and new faces or outside agencies? What role do you think they should play in that process? And and how can they make that a sustainable situation going forward for growth? Yeah, yeah, great question. And back to the same relationship I have with best practices and stuff where it's tough for me to figure out all the ways in which you can do it. I've seen all sorts of people do it in all sorts of ways and make, make it work. I think it's easier for me to figure out like what I've seen not work. And I think those traps include... First and foremost, putting somebody in a sales role that doesn't really want to be there. Maybe it's an accounts accounts person, they're in a client service role. And then somebody says, Hey, you want to do sales? You have some downtime. Our utilization for you is down. Like maybe in your spare time, you could be in a sales role. And I'm not saying that person can't help or do things for internal projects. That that of course makes sense. But that's very different than saying you're tasked with closing business or having a pivotal like 
consistent function as part of the sales process. If there's a side activity like, hey, can you help me with this case study or this proposal or, or whatever, that's fine. So that's the first thing is making sure that you're getting somebody who really wants to be there and that also they're incentivized. Those incentives are simple and clear. They're not having to figure out how much they're going to make on a particular deal or having to do a bunch of math to figure that out. They know they're ideally paid out sooner when they close a deal so that incentives are aligned and you have somebody that really wants to be in a sales role. If that's not you yet and you're like, we're not ready to hire that person or whatever, that's fine. And you might even be better off than if you've hired that person in a car before horse style. We often say you don't want to hire the driver until you have that car built. Where one, one problem we see a lot is where an agency or pretty much any business will be like, okay, I'm an owner. I'm exhausted. I'm tired. I don't want to sell anymore. I'm tired of waiting all these calls. Let me go hire somebody with a Rolodex, pay them six figures or whatever, and get them to do this for me. And that rarely, if ever, works. And we've have I have calls every week with somebody saying we've gone through three or four salespeople and it just hasn't worked. And then after three or four, it's probably <laughs> time to look inwardly and figure out what's going on here because you can't just have made three. You can't just have hired three or four people that were trash, yep. maybe. But so I think what's tough about that is that that closer, like that sales role, there that person, whether they're coming out of tech or coming out of any other industry any other big company, they're probably used to a situation where they slotted into an existing infrastructure and they were, maybe they were fed leads. If they weren't fed leads, then they at least had some kind of support, the marching orders. And that's probably why they were able to thrive and you know why they're attractive to you. Plus they're salespeople. They're probably at least okay at selling themselves. And then that situation rarely works. And the way that it, that it pans out is is a situation is basically you know that person sent off into the cold with some case studies and then <laughs> they burn through their Rolodex after a few months and then it's we worked with them for a year and nothing happened and blah blah blah. And so I think that's what to avoid. So if you're in that role and hiring a salesperson, I, I would think more about first accepting that you're the best closer on earth, at least for the time being, for your offer, your complex service, and, and acknowledging that. And then if you need and then be having enough humility to get training or coaching if you feel like you need it. The whole getting past this idea of, oh, just get us in the room and we close deals. Yeah, when somebody is referred to you and they generally know what they want, then you're going to close a big percentage of those deals. Selling to somebody that's at an earlier stage means developing your positioning and your value proposition and getting it crystallized first. So that's the first starting place. Yep. We help with that a bit because I think that outbound is a good exercise to figure that out as opposed to just treating it in a vacuum and developing a bunch of documents. Outbound will actually let you figure that out by having by battle testing it essentially and getting and taking it out there. So we do that informally. There's other great people that do it formally and develop positioning and all that stuff. So I think that's the first starting place from there. Then the next thing is to think about hiring somebody to get you the closer or the executive onto those meetings and the build pipeline. Obviously we help with that a ton. We're big believers in doing it through a fractional team as opposed to an individual. But even if you never hire us, I think that there's ways that you can do it through an individual or others. And that's at least better than trying to get out of that closing seat too early. Oh, it makes sense. Yeah. And I think this idea of the inf the existing infrastructure and and in in place can really set up that new sales hire for success. So eventually, is it the infrastructure or is it the is it the actual salesperson? Because if you're just burning through them, obviously just wasting a lot of time and money, and then maybe just the car, like you mentioned in the car driver analogy, the car just wasn't ready. You mentioned a few things to start building that car, that vehicle, that infrastructure on, on the front end. Like, what else would you add there? What else is important? 
to have in place so that you are setting a new sales hire or an entire new sales team up for success so that they can help you scale quickly versus I'm not ready. What else do you need to do to get ready? What else can folks do today? Yeah, it's a great question. I think figuring out, okay, what what tools can I live with for the next X months or years. So I, I think thinking about not I'm not trying to do too much, but figuring out, okay, we probably need an outbound tool in our arsenal. We probably need an inbound tool in our arsenal. And then we need, I need to be able to block off enough time for this. Because keep in mind, I, I think one thing that we see a lot is the owners underestimating the amount of time it takes to actually build new business channels that can scale. And what that might mean is, okay, I, I'm going to block off time, not just to get on, on calls and to accept the fact that I might need to get on 10 and 20 calls in order to close a deal when I'm going out past referrals, but then also budgeting time for the follow-up processes and for all that sort of thing. So I think accepting the amount of time that it's going to take in a perfect world, if you're easing into this, you're devoting 10, 20 hours a week, at least to this. And then ideally you have, you're getting to a place where at least there's a dedicated role and maybe that's you and you're actually able to get most of the client service stuff off your place so that you can focus almost exclusively on sales. I think that's a better way to to think about it is instead of infrastructure and tools and all this stuff, more about time, who's doing what. If you're not in a place to hire a company like ours or a junior level salesperson, you're at least getting to the place where maybe you can get the client stuff off your plate so you can focus on sales because you're going to be the best person at that. So I think that's probably the best starting place. And when you think about the the owner founder being the best person at sales, how can they do that with also the mindset of, I need to grow and scale this. And eventually I'm going to have to do that outside of just me. Like what, as that owner and founder is going or is going through that sales process themselves and devoting more effort to it, but knowing that I can only do so much, I only have so many hours in the day. What should they be doing as they're running, if they're running the sales process themselves to like start preparing for a, a team of people that would need to do this? Like what can they do as they're running sales to set others up for success to do it in the future? Yeah. Yeah. So if, if you're early stage and you're with a small agency, you, you, you've got DIY things and hustle and all that, and you may or may not, may not have tons of resources. So I think the first thing is just really figuring out what makes for the right client and getting specific. So that's a really important thing. And then beyond that, budgeting time and, and thinking of, of a simple process for getting those people teed up. And we do have lots of resources and stuff. We have a course on this if anybody's interested. And that's, you can go to that and just, just shamelessly plug it, saleschema.com slash course launch will take you there. And so that goes through a lot of the tactical stuff that's probably more than, than I can cover now. So that's all, the only reason I bring that up in addition to shameless greed. But beyond that, I, I think getting an outreach process that you can delegate to somebody or, or do yourself or budget the time for it is important. I'm not about saying you should be on this channel or that channel. I think that's going to be really contextual. I'm not really into the idea of, of this works, this doesn't. If you're selling to roofers, you're probably going to have to pick up that phone because they're jumping around between sites. If you're selling to large hospital organizations, you're probably looking at email and maybe LinkedIn. So mm-hmm. it kind of depends on, on what you're up against. But I think get, getting a situation of pipeline first, of getting relationships built first to inform everything else as opposed to the other way around is the the right starting place, basically. Yep. 
Yep. No, I agree with the pipeline first mentality. Uh, any other words of advice you'd have for these founder led sales orgs or head of sales, head of marketing folks that are looking to scale up quickly, anything else you want to uh, tease out there as some advice for them as they, as they start building and developing their outbound strategy, Dan? Yeah, I think again, just back to the less is more thing. I think that it's, you know, just letting yourself be creative and getting back to that again um, is trying to have fun with it. I know it sounds cheesy, but I think a lot of the times it gets intimidating because there's too many voices telling you to do different things as opposed to, you know, doing what you're already doing well for clients for yourself. I think it's just getting back to that. Yep. Awesome. Love it. Dan, if my listeners want to find you online, what's the easiest way to do so? Yeah, for sure. So we have a podcast focused on the agency world uh, called the, the Digital Agency Growth Podcast. And then our site, saleschema.com, um, links you know, it links to that pretty prominently. And my email is just uh, dan at saleschema.com. Perfect. Yeah. We'll link all of those in the show notes. I highly recommend reaching out to Dan or sales schema. If you need help developing this outbound strategy for your agency or your growth stage business. So really appreciate you coming on, Dan. Thanks so much. Tyler. Yeah. Great question. So thank, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to today's show. You can find all the links discussed and the show notes at thesaleslift.com. That's the, T-H-E, sales, S-A-L-E-S, lift, L-I-F-T, dot com. Have questions for me? Email me at tyler at thesaleslift.com. We look forward to seeing you back here next week. And we hope today's show brings you the sales lift your business needs. Remember, ideas plus action equals results. You've got new ideas. Now it's time to take action. And the results will follow. See you next time.